When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, big time, man. West Cork Beard Company. Make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great-looking beard. Handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonakilty West Cork. Check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice. Or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie Good evening boys and girls and welcome to another episode of the same old Arsenal. Uh, Craig can't be with us tonight, he's been late, held up at work, so I'm your host for this evening, Dan Potts. And joining me as always is three absolute delights. First of all, we have Mr Harry Simu. How are you Harry? Yeah, all good mate, all good. Been away for a couple of weeks, so glad to be back, looking forward to getting stuck in. Absolutely mate, and Lee Judges is back, he's looking rather cold man. Has he not got the heating on or nothing, Judges? What's going on? No, nah, I ain't got no. I can't afford it these days, mate. I tell you, like, yeah, so uh, I've got the I've got the fire. I'll put my foot the fire on in a little while, but uh, yeah. So, um, but I, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I won at golf again today, so I'm quite pleased. Quite pleased. Beat Stephen uh, uh, James. So quite. Hold pleased. on, he he can't afford the heating, but he can go and play golf. Go play round of golf. Unbelievable, <laughs> wasn't it? Unbelievable, wasn't it? Oh, crazy. Do you know what that is, Judge? He's playing golf. It means you're getting old, son. Come on, what's going oh, on? Well, I think so, like, but I just played two holes <laughs> while the intro was on as well, like, you know what I mean? So, right. <laughs> quick, quick hole in one, though, but it must be good, Judge. Yeah, quick yeah, hole in yeah, one yeah. for both, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and last but not least, uh, well, we have got Mark joining us, but yet again, it's another name. So, Mark, please explain this one, mate. Well, no, the, all the advertising said Craig, so I thought I'd come on as Craig, and as we all know, he's the chairman of the Can't Play on Pitch Society, um, <laughs> often known as the Goalkeepers' Union. So, uh, uh, you know, I'd say you ain't come on here today, Mark, because we've rattled his cage, I tell you, like, you know, really you know what, I, I noticed it was getting a bit feisty in the group chat earlier, so yeah, what, yeah. I, what, I, what I want to say first off the bat, how shocking was Leno? No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We will get into that 100%. But I'm going to start with you tonight, Harry. Uh, just okay. quickly, Potsy, one second. Go on, go, Chelsea, go on, Harry. Go on. Chelsea have just taken a lead. Timo Werner at, at oh, the top. Yeah. 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 Chelsea. Yeah. 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 Well. The only time oh. I support Chelsea for the next two games. Yeah. Absolutely. Two games a season. Two games a season, Chelsea. <laughs> Bosh, bosh. <laughs> Do you know what? You're right. And listen, this... It'll have to be this three, is... Lee. This is a cup game. Three times. <laughs> 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 no, you've got... Listen, you've got to be laughing at that if Spurs are losing. But long way to go, I believe. Long way to go. Uh, Harry, we'll start with you, man. Uh, Craig named this Men versus Boys, and I weren't too sure if I liked the name yeah, of that or not. Harry, come on, Harry. So, step up. 
Harry, is is that fair? Is it unfair? What did you make of Arsenal against a, let's be honest, a very, 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 very good side? I, I think it's a little bit unfair because I, I feel like, you know, what Arsenal fan thought that we were going to go to Anfield, like right-minded Arsenal fan, thought that we were going to go to Anfield and, and blow them off the park. It was never going to happen, was it? If we were going to get all three points, it was going to be similar smash to the way we've done it. Yes, exactly. Smash and grab is the right term. We went there. We clearly had a plan, um, which was to try and absorb pressure, to play out from the back, to try and suck them in like we've done in some of the big games lately. Um, we've seen again, even though at times it puts us under pressure, but it's where our goal came from again last night. So there's clearly some benefit to doing that. The thing is, you're not always going to play against sides that press as aggressively as Liverpool do. Um, you know, they're, they're unbelievable the way they do it. And for me, when I watched the game, there were a couple of little bits and pieces I was a bit unsure about. And, you know, a couple of players, well, a few players didn't perform as well as they can. And I think Judge mm. tweeted this out earlier. Unless every single man played a blinder last night, we weren't going to win the game. It was as simple as that. And that didn't happen. But... When was the last time Arsenal went to Anfield in the Premier League and stayed in the game until the 88th minute? You can't remember it. So there's clearly some progress there. And from that, we should take some encouragement. I, I, look, obviously, it's disappointing when you lose the game. There were other factors as well. I personally thought Sadio Mane should have been shown a red card early yeah, on. And he, he goes on to score the equaliser, which has a massive impact. But the most telling thing for me, and, and Dan, you know Grizz, he was on the show the other night. Um, I was with Grizz earlier on, on 90 Min and we were talking about the game. And Grizz was really talking up Liverpool's performance. Jurgen Klopp was really talking up Liverpool's performance. So Liverpool felt that they had to be, at, and they were, at their very, very best to beat that Arsenal side last night. And that tells you all you need to know about how much we're progressing under Mikel Arteta. Imagine when we get the right players in and we, you know, then you can start judging this guy. But there's clear progress. Arsenal went to Anfield. Yeah, we got beat, but I wasn't disgraced. I wasn't ashamed. And and I'm pleased with that. Yeah, I've, I've listened spot on, mate. Absolutely. I loved Arteta afterwards. And I loved Klopp afterwards as well. You know, I thought it was a real good couple of interviews there. But Lee, the last time Liverpool have lost at Anfield was April 2017. So men versus boys. Is that a little bit harsh? But to right is I can't believe it. Like, you know, I've, I've had a go at Craig, and that's why he's not here today. He's sulked. <laughs> so um, it's as simple as that. Like, you know. listen, I, I look at it like this, and this is this is how I see it. There was no complacency in that Liverpool performance yesterday because they knew they had to be up for it. I think there was a little bit of complacency in the game against uh, Leeds, but they weren't. That, that I think Klopp said to them, "Look, if you were complacent against Arsenal, this is what can happen." They had a little gentle reminder of what could happen in the league game when they wasn't quite at it uh, at the Emirates, and they also got a little gentle reminder of what could happen, it, like in the Community Shield. So, for me, that Jurgen Klopp would have reminded them of that and gone from there. Now everybody's going mad, right, about the the way we played, the way we set up, and all that, and and everything like that, right. We played exactly the same formation and tactics against Manchester City. We played exactly the same way against um, Chelsea. And we played exactly the same way against Liverpool at the Emirates and also in the Community Shield. And I have to say this, that he played the, the back four or back five, or whatever way you want to look at it, 
was the same as it was in those games. And that's why I think he left Gabriel out of this one, like, you know, and um, went with what, what he knew. But as I said, uh, as I said in a tweet earlier on, when we played in that FA Cup final, semi-final, and the game against Liverpool, Maitland and Isles was, we, we had, we was even talking about it, Dan, do you remember when I was coming home from the box park at Wembley? We could have picked eight or nine man in the matches. Yeah. In those games. You couldn't yesterday. You know, it was like the other way round. You look through the whole team. You know, Leno. I, I, I'm not going to go too much into Leno, if I'll be honest. But at the end, of, at the end of the day, he is not at the same level as Martinez was last season. That's a fact. That is a fact. Because what I see with Martinez last season was not making what mistakes and, and kicking and all that. Like I had four four heart attacks and. Um, uh, and I had to have the ambulance man round when he, when he got the ball yesterday when he was kicking it like one of them I, I don't know I, I, I still it was a it was a net cock away from going like you know on the line so anyway that's enough, that's um that's by the by Bellerin shocking yesterday like you know poor performance holding poor performance David Deweese was absolutely outstanding in the cup final semi final was was wasn't that great yesterday Tierney got got roasted a few times yesterday, which has not happened. Maybe because he wasn't fit. Then you look into the midfield. Shaka, I think, as much as we all we all love Shaka on this show, you know, uh, anyway, um, uh, as we all love it, it just got, his mobility against the top class was shown yesterday. You know, it was shown. You know, against the, 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 the top six, Europa League and everything like that, but the real top of the game, like Liverpool are. Listen, listen, Liverpool are champions for a reason. They are European champions the year before for a reason. They're a good side. And I felt that he got a little bit found out. I'm going to say this. I thought El Nenny done okay yesterday. Like, you know what I mean? So I thought El, El, Nenny, El, El Nenny done okay yesterday. But, uh, and what have we always said? We've got to be ruthless at the back and we've got to be ruthless at the front. Now, I'm telling you... No one would have moaned. Everybody would have turned around and said it would have been a masterclass if, if Lacazette would have scored that two and made that 2-2. Two, two. If he'd have made it 2-2, two, two, we could have gone on and nicked it 3-2. Who knows? Who knows? But we, we didn't. You know, he should have. He would have buried that. Now, when it comes to the cup final and the semi-final, Lacazette uh, had the same amount of chances as Bamiyan, but Bamiyan put them away. If you remember rightly, Aubameyang missed a very good chance against Man City and he missed a good chance against Chelsea. But the next two, bang, bang. Lacazette, not quite the same. You have to look at um, Willian. You know, I thought he was poor last night. People are turning around and saying, oh, he was great and all that. And I think to myself, well, there's, there's agendas for players and there's agendas against players, you know. And I felt that, that. Yeah. The, the one player come on and was outstanding was Danny Sabayas. And, and I have to say, Pepe, you know, Absolute disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Let the whole club down yesterday, pulling out of tackles, strolling around. When you want to, when you get substitutes on, you want to see him doing what Sabias was doing. And the fact of the matter is, Danny Sabias came on there doing this, going through walls, putting his body on the line. He's a lone player. And then I watch our record signing do what I was doing there. So that was a bad thing there. But I totally agree with Harry. And I'm not going to go harping on about it neither. In this day and age of football, it's a sending off, right? I would love to have seen what Shaka do that, and I would have—I'd imagine he'd have got books, and the old VA would have come, VAR would have come down on that referee. Get him off! Get him off! 
You know what I mean? Because at this day and age, he's looked at the man, he's not gone for the ball, and he's come across and elbowed him like. It's dangerous play. Dangerous play, by the way, now, ladies and gentlemen, is a sending off. End of rant. Fair play. I want to come on to some incidents in a minute. I want to talk about Leno. I want to talk about the Mar now. I want to talk about the referee because there was a couple of decisions there I just I couldn't quite make out for the life of me. But Mark, I've said to the boys, I said to you guys, I said to a lot of people that we were kind of outclassed. And a lot of people shot me down for saying that. And the reason I said it is because what Lee's just gone on about, there was a lot of weak links out there and they didn't have many weak links. They've got two brilliant wingers in Sartain, Mane and Salah. They've got two of the best fullbacks that I've seen in Robertson and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Robertson makes a mistake. And what does he do? He goes up the other end and scores and makes up for it. Their midfield works so much harder than us. They've got athleticism. Do we have to sometimes hold our hands up, mate, and just say, we move on? They're the better team. We ain't ready and they are. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. What else? Like Harry said, what was we expecting? You know, I know I said we'd go out there and win 2-1. Could do. Listen, if if Lacazette puts his chance away, 2-1, um, to make it 2-2, it's a different game, isn't it? I disagree with Lee. I think the front three work their socks off, and that gives me tremendous positivity about the future and how much this the superstars at this club, which are Bamiyang, uh, Willian, um, Lacazette, you know, they're our superstars. They're what the rest of the league wants is is forward, a forward line like that that can get you goals, create goals, been there, done it, won it. Um, you know, those front three, the effort they put in yesterday, second to none, they, you know, still chasing, they're still working hard in the 80th minute, keeping us in the game, keeping us honest, keeping us decent. You know, teams will go up there, make no bones about it. If Fulham was up there last night, they'd have got double figures in goals, Liverpool. You know, they were at the races, spot on. You know, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Let's be truthful. When we beat them in the league, they were on the beach, sipping champagne, celebrating the league. When we played in the Community Shield, they'd had about a week off or, you know, or, you know, they'd been back about a week or something. You know, three league games, three wins tells you everything you need to know about this football club. They are purring like a Rolls Royce. They are in full top speed. They are Mercedes. They are the best team in the world, in my opinion. And um, we're going to have to go some to catch them. But that's the, that's the challenge, isn't it? That's why we all love this game. That's why we're in this game. And that's why, listen, I've, I've texted a few of my pals today, Liverpool fans, who are a lot more humble these days after the 30 years of hurt or the 30 years of in, in not winning. You know, they're a lot more honest and a lot more um, decent in their opinions. They used to, when I was a kid, they used to be horrible. You know, they arrogant so-and-so. It's a bit like Man United in the late 90s, early noughties. You know, their fans thought they were going to win forever. But Liverpool have had that uh, mortality shown to them about the dark years, you know, and so they know. And what they say to me is, you know, how good is how good is your club set up now? You know, and they say to me, in Arteta, you've got a coach there. You know, the way you, we're hard to beat, and that's what we've asked, isn't it? All, all these years we've asked that we be hard to beat and that we're not going to get steamrolled. 8-2. All the embarrassments are going away from home against the big six. We haven't, still haven't won against the big six away from home since City and whenever the hell it was. We, we look now like we could, but let's be honest, it ain't going to happen at Anfield, is it? Do you know what I mean? It, it might happen at Stanford Bridge. It might happen at Old Trafford. 
it might happen at the Etihad this year because they look like their team in transition now. But it wasn't going to happen at Anfield. And, but I mean, Liverpool, they could quite easily go unbeaten this season. They really could. The, the thing yeah. is as well, sorry, Dan, there was a couple of bits as well. When Mikel Arteta first came into the job, obviously he played Liverpool at the Emirates Stadium in the league. He beat them. But there was that element of surprise, wasn't it? New Arsenal coach, don't really know what he's going to bring to the table in terms of his tactics. And then in the Community Shield, again, those tactics were... You're not going to outsmart Jurgen Klopp three times. That's that's the honest thing, isn't it? You're not going to get your way over him three times without him making some adaptations. And there were differences to Liverpool, the way Liverpool approached it yesterday, that made our game less effective. And you have to give him credit for that as well. You know, if you remember some of the, the, the previous games, we've seen Lacazette drop into this, like, false nine position and put himself on the defensive midfielder to give us that extra body. He didn't do that last night. He didn't drop onto Fabinho. And then all of a sudden you have a situation where Liverpool coming forward and you've got Fabinho, Wijnaldum and Keita for Shaka and Elneny to deal with. It becomes a three on two. And having that spare man in Keita, it was always Keita last night. He kept drifting to the right, drifting to the left and he caused us absolute chaos. Liverpool have worked out what our game was and, and they nullified it to an extent yesterday as well. And, you know, that's what happens at the top level. Coaches make tweaks, coaches change things and coaches get outdo each other. Arteta's had two over him so far, I would say. It was, you know, it was a matter of time before Klopp worked it out. Yeah, I think so. And I want to go on to the midfield and there's a couple of super chats which are a nice segue towards that. Andrew Bursky said... Uh, fantastic podcast. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, thank you for your kind donation. As always, we desperately need improvements in the midfield because we are very average in the middle. And there is another uh, live super chat here as well, uh, if I can find it. Or has it disappeared? No, there it is. From Bill. Uh, good old Bill, another good listener. Thank you very much for your kind donation. Whoa. There's still some of Wenger's Double weak mentality. Oh, all round, mate. All round. Yeah, all round. Uh, there's still some of Wenger's weak mentality still around in the squad. Totally agree. Big week for the club in regards to transfers. Great podcast. Um, Harry, we'll stay with you on this one because for me, I know you're a massive Granite Chaka fan, mate. I know you don't mind Mohamed El Nini. I thought they got I thought Chaka got destroyed yesterday, mate. I really did. Um, I think that he was just beaten in midfield because of his lack of uh, athleticism. Now he came off and rightly so. Arteta was ruthless and decided to bring him off, but do we think that is an issue in midfield there? And is that kind of showing that against Fulham it's okay, but against Liverpool it just get they just get shown up and we need some extra quality in there? And is that why Party and Awar are linked? Yeah, I mean, I've defended Xhaka because Xhaka, for me, is one of the best that we have. It doesn't mean that I think he's the best out there. And we saw the different levels yesterday, didn't we? He played against the world-class team and he got, he got caught out. Same with El Nenny. I think El Nenny is a useful player to have around the squad for the Carabao Cup, for the FA Cup, for the Europa League. You know, more often than not, you can get to the, the knockout stages of the Europa League field in a reserve side. So why not make use of those players in those games, in those competitions? But you see when it comes to the very, very top level that they just, they just got caught out. I felt like yesterday was, you know, we can sit here and we can say that they were really bad, but... I've spoken about it already. Liverpool's press is incredible. I felt like when Arsenal were playing out from the back yesterday as well, that the accuracy in the passes wasn't there. 
Uh, and it needs to be there because it's such a high-risk way of playing. And you saw a couple of times Holding played balls into the middle of the park without knowing what was going on around him. David Lewis played a few silly ones to the edge of the box. Tierney with a few long balls with no aim whatsoever just to get rid of it. And I think the game bypassed the midfield a little bit yesterday. I'm not defending them. I'm not sticking up for them. I do think that we need we need to bring players in and we need players of a higher standard. I don't think there's any question about that. But I don't, you know, a lot of people are saying that they're the reason we lost the game yesterday. For me, Mikel Arteta went that way by leaving Danny Ceballos out. He set the tone of what he wanted from his midfield before the yeah. game started. By picking Elneny and Xhaka, it was clear that he wanted to try and plug holes to try and sit deep. And that and the playing out from the back was designed to try and get joy in the wide areas like we have done against Liverpool in the past, expose Alexander-Arnold and Robertson, who love to come forward. That was the plan. You know, do you think Arteta got it tactically wrong then, Harry? Do you think he actually got I, it I, wrong? I do think he got it slightly wrong, yeah, I, I do. But I'm not going to sit here and crucify him for it because, you know, it, it's worked previously, so that's why he did it. But I, I do think that, like I said, I, I think that Klopp was a lot more aware of it, obviously, having played us a couple of times in quick succession, and we we didn't adapt and we paid the price for it. I can understand why going into that game, he might have looked at the team and gone, I think Elneny's the right option here for that extra bit of protection. But it took away too much in terms of technical ability and in terms of our ability to progress the ball. I want to talk about the officials because, in my opinion, this weekend, the officials and the rules and the VAR and the handball, it's completely ruining the game. Let's start with Mane. Lee Judges. Sadio Mane elbows Kieran Tierney in the face. And if that is David Luiz or Granite Xhaka, in my opinion, they're off. So why is it the case that it's okay for Mane to do it, but it's not okay for other players, not just Arsenal players, to get away with it? How, how does it how does it work in your eyes? Because I'm totally confused with, with some of the rules now. Because it's opinions and opinions can be swayed by by who, who you're with and whatever as a, as a player, you know, uh, as a referee. And I, I do believe that. Um, listen, I, 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 I think maybe Granite Xhaka or, um, or or David Luiz might have got away with it on the on the fact that it was only three minutes old. I think that that is the key. I think if that was twenty twenty five minutes gone, I think he would have gone. I think it was because it was so early that that that's that is I think was the thing that saved him, not because of. Um, he plays for Liverpool, or you know, or because it, it's Marnie. You know, I, I do believe that. I don't. I don't think it's anything. I just think at the end of the day, it was down to the last. It was just because it was so early. But this is the trouble with VAR. VAR is not fact. It is still an opinion of a referee. It's still an opinion of what that referee um, thinks at the time, whether it be someone in the stand or or actually on the pitch. Now. You're going to get a different opinion from people. Some people will say, but probably it was right to be a booking and whatever. Now, if if Granite Xhaka would have done that and um, got away with a booking, probably all we'd be all saying, oh, yeah, do you know what? I think it was a booking. It was borderline either way. Now, I, I think, right, if they'd have sent him off, I don't think in the studios and the, the experts would have disagreed with it. And I don't think by booking him, Anybody disagreed with it as well? It, you know, it, it was it was that it was touch and go. I've, I've watched it a few times. From one angle, it looks 
bad and on the other angle it doesn't look so bad you know so interpret as it is but I think in the current climate and the way the game's played now he is endangering an opponent there and that is a sending off in my opinion and I think that he should have been sent off for it you know I think that um, the handball I think was handball again you know it's, it's, it's an opinion whether it is arm or not and I think that that's so if the referee feels it didn't hit his arm then, then it's not a penalty uh, sorry, it's not a goal, but or a goal, whatever way you want to look at it. For me, I felt that um, you know when I see it, I thought, well, it's it. his arm. It's 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 not a penalty. Uh, sorry, it's not a goal. When we lose two one instead of three one, I felt that's that's the thing that got me a little bit last night, Dan. That, was, that we lost two, lost three one instead of two one. I felt that I could have just swallowed it a little bit more if um, it was uh, a two one night, you know. So, listen, if, if you throw your forearm, I've just seen someone, forearm or elbow, it's still a sending off, you know. Um, if you slap someone, you still get sent off if, if you punch him, you know what I mean? It's, you're, still, you're still going in like that with intent. And I think that's the thing that, that is a When you... I remember playing once, right, when I was playing football, I got sent off for elbowing somebody. And I said, ref, I didn't do a delivery. What, do, what you know, what's going on? You know, and I, I argued the fact. The referee turned around to me and said... The what? Why? Why I sent you off is because you looked at him first, and then you hit him with the elbow. Now I didn't mean to elbow him, right? But because you look up and whatever, Marley done yeah, exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah, he yeah. looked in there, and Bosch went, you know, and that's what I think. Like I think it's a definite penalty, hundred percent. But you know, they've got away with one, haven't they? They've got away with one. I think because as, as we said, it was so. Fair enough. Um, uh, just quickly going to go to Mark and Harry and then back to Mark. Mark, Mane, yellow card, red card. What did you think? If it happens in a pub, is he going to get thrown out? Yes. I'll text you straight away in the group chat. Red. Can't be doing things like that. Not in this day and age. You can't, you can't yeah, do 100%. that. 100%. If, it happens, if, if it happens in the second 63rd minute, it, it, it's going to get analysed. If it happens in the area, they're going to check it VAR. I think that's the only, is that, am I right in understanding the only reason it didn't get checked is because it, the referee didn't raise it as an issue? I, is don't, it, I don't know. Did it, did I, don't don't understand. Understand. Yeah. I think it only it would only get checked. Oh, I don't know the rules anymore. No, it, I don't. it should be that the, the VAR should be looking at it and the VAR should say... You. But they only look at the hat like a handball. They only look at it if it's inside the area, not outside, don't they? Harry? It's, it's, there's, yeah, because there they can. Yeah, they can only check penalties, red cards, and mistaken identity. I think is it. Offside? So why did they not check that in Harry? That's what so I don't yeah, get. So that's the question. So red. No that that. So I just think that that is because it's the third minute. I genuinely believe yeah. that. Agreed. I think it. I think it caught every. Uh, you know, do you remember when Dennis Burkamp got sent off for the same sort of thing? Uh, mm. I think it was against uh, Sunderland. Look, look, it's That's red, years ago. Red, red or yellow, it didn't happen, and um, it's not right. And it, it makes a mockery of VAR. It's another mockery of VAR, like all these handball things. Now, listen, we on this podcast, you'll be surprised to know we don't like Tottenham, but you got a feel for Eric Dyer. You know, I mean, like this this VAR thing is an absolute fast. No, we don't feel for him because it was absolutely hilarious. It, you know, made my day. But what I'm saying is, if it happens to us, we're up in. Oh, 100. You know what I mean? 100%. You know what I mean? That is, if that is ample, 
I mean, they, they did a thing on TalkSport the other day where they were saying, when did you know the game was dead? And he said, when the referee took the ball off a plinth before the game and stuff like that. Well, for me, if that is our ball, if a defender can have his back to the ball and it can be hit, headed at him from, from a yard away and hit the back of his arm and it's handball, that is when the game's dead, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but what, what, what annoys me about that, though, and I'll tell you what's annoyed me about the, the Eric Dyer one and, and Tottenham, right? I, I, I watched a joke of a decision, uh, and actually I was watching the game between Crystal Palace and uh, Everton, and when that happened, there was nowhere near as much controversy as that, and that was just as bad as decision. Joe in Ward, fact, unbelievable. Joe Ward, I turned the te- I turned it off. I didn't want interest in the game after that. Like, you know, I was watching it as a neutral, and I thought, oh, do you know yeah. what? I ain't, well, I'm wasting my time watching this game. It does. No it makes you get like that, though, doesn't it? It does make you yeah, get like I that. Did. It does. Yeah. And, but yeah. nothing was it, was... it all went because of the Spurs thing. So, you know, I, I understand that they've changed the rules after today, haven't they? It has been changed. So, um, okay. uh, but, um, you know, it took like a big guy, like a big thing from Mourinho and Spurs to, 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 to do it. I can guarantee if that Eric Dyer did, one didn't happen, no, that would be, it'll be forgotten now about what poor little Crystal Palace... You know what I mean, and and this is this which is was as bad, by the way. Which was as bad. It's totally Alice. as bad. You know what I mean? It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. It, was, it is a Harry shambles. Would... Mar is a shambles. Let's let's leave it at that. Yeah. You know, Marley yeah. on or off. It doesn't. Well, it, doesn't listen, v, it doesn't affect VAR. the result, does it? It doesn't affect the result, does it? VA, VAR. VAR, I always think it stands for very awful refereeing because that's all I can say <laughs> yeah. it stands for, if I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what, anyway. though, if you had been sent off after three minutes, it, it might have affected the game. You know what yeah, I mean? True, true. You know what it's I mean? True. You don't know. But but well, no, I don't we, think we should go on about it like the end of the day. The referee didn't give it. We're not making it as an excuse. We're not, you know, we're, we, we, we understand we didn't get it given. And we no. was beaten by the better team. But Liverpool at Anfield was not where we were looking for points, was it? Let, no. You know what I mean? No. So... We just move on. Absolutely. Uh, Harry, let's go on to the kind of controversy of some of the uh, stuff uh, throughout the game because we've talked about Mane, we talked about the Jota handball. But moving on from that, kind of some of the individual errors. Was, did everyone get a little bit over the top with Leno or did he deserve the criticism? Because this is a guy who's been, in my opinion, fairly consistent for the last two years at Arsenal. Um, he's probably been arguably one of Arsenal's better players, along with uh, Aubameyang. I think that's all pretty fair to say. He has kept us in games over the last couple of seasons. He's saved us points that we would have lost. And because we had Martinez, who, by the way, would not be in number one if it wasn't for Leno getting injured, I think that's fair to say, um, because we've had him for 10 games and he's been fantastic, it's, it's so much pressure on Leno now and eyes of a hawk on everything that he does. Or are we fair to criticise him? I think it's fair to criticise him, but it's also important to remember the backstory as to how Martinez got into the number one spot in the first place, which you're right to mention. For me, with Bern Leno, the first thing I'll say is he's an excellent shot stopper, a better shot stopper than Martinez for me. If someone's going to have a crack from the edge of the box, I would rather have Leno in there to stop it than I would Martinez because I think he's more agile. Um, I think he's I just think he's a better shot stopper. But there are other elements to being a goalkeeper that are really, really important. And there's some of them that Leno lacks. When we first signed Leno, I thought he, my understanding of the goalkeeper we were bringing in was someone who was very comfortable with the ball at his feet and was able to help us progress play out from the back. 
I don't see that with Leno. I see Leno give away stupid balls. There was a couple of incidents last night where he tried to play. I remember one in particular out to Tierney on the left. He was had pulled right out to the touchline. It was a mile over his head, just putting pressure on us. I, you know, my biggest problem with Burn Leno is the fact that he does not dominate his six-yard box. Now, I'm not asking for a, a throwback to an old goalkeeper who's going to come out to the penalty spot and catch a corner. You know, that you don't really see that from goalkeepers that have come from the continent anymore. But your six-yard box, you've got, to, you've got to be in control of that as a goalkeeper. And he's never in control of that. Every time he comes to catch the ball, I fear he's going to drop it. He doesn't have that physical presence where he moves people out of the way, where he comes like a steam train and you think, shit, I'm going to get out of his way like Martinez does, like Lehman had. He, he just doesn't fill me with confidence. And... You know, we're just going to have to accept that Leno is the way he is and, and he's got his shortcomings. Martinez, you know, you don't know how Martinez was going to get on over the course of a whole season as well. And that's important to note. You know, Martinez, he was praised yesterday for keeping another clean sheet for Villa. Um, but he made a terrible mistake yeah. that uh, Fulham scored a goal from and it was chalked off by VAR. But, you, you know, over the course of a whole season, you will see the real Martinez. Not saying he's not a good goalkeeper, but there's there's a reason that the club were were adamant that Leno was going to stay as the number one. So, you know, there are problems, there are shortcomings, but I don't know what we can't do anything about it now. Well, I certainly don't think a goalkeeper is a, is a a concern for us right now. It's not a position we need to go and replace and get, in my opinion. Mark, do we back Leno or do we look to replace him? Because as far as I'm concerned, he's number one and he's staying. Well, as chairman of the Can't Plan Pitch Union, I'll back <laughs> our goalkeeper. I'll back him. Last last season, whatever, he's played a season. You know, like Harry's right. You know, someone comes in and has a good game for five minutes. Don't make him think. He, he was a good goalkeeper. And, and I'm glad he done well. And I'm glad he's got a move. And I'm glad he's got a number one jersey at a club that nearly went down last year. You know, it's levels, isn't it? And, and in Leno, we think we've got someone who potentially can go on and on and on, you know what I mean? And, and, and get to another another level. He can learn. He, he can grow as a man he, and he can get more dominant in his area, you know, once, once he gets comes of age and stuff like that. I know we was all proper nervous of him with the ball at his feet yesterday, but I don't, I don't see too much wrong with him. Like, can you imagine... Can you, can you remember? Let's all listen. This is the problem with football. We've all got short memories, haven't we? Remember what we was what we was like when they used to roll in balls back to Petr Cech. Like he he used, he he used to fall over the ball. You know what I mean? He, he he was one of the best goalkeepers the Premier League's ever seen. Not in the modern way. Not the modern way coaches ask people to play. Leno head and shoulders better goalkeeper than Peter Cech at, at this system at, at the ball with his feet. You know what I mean? He. he we just get behind the lad, you know what I mean? It could be worse, you know. You could have paid seventy-two million pounds for kept for a kipper. <laughs> this is very true, Lee. You let final word on Leno because I know that you're quite passionate about this. You thought you had a poor game, and you think about a poor couple of games against West Ham and Liverpool. So, what do you make of that, mate? Yeah, look, look, I'm 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 going to stick up for Leno to a certain degree. I still don't think you, you know he's been out for two two months or two two three months, you know. So he's a little bit rusty. I think that's first things first. I totally agree with what Harry said. He's a great shot stopper. Made a great save from Marnie yesterday, like you know. But it is the crossing, and it's the, I just think that the the back the line now has looked a little bit more jittery with him there, and and I feel a little bit more confident when 
when Martinez was there I, I, in, in the back four, I, I see jittery moments that I didn't see under um, uh, uh, when when Martinez was there. And I, I feel that I don't think this is. Do you want my honest opinion? I don't think it's come down to a footballing decision. This I just think that we Arsenal needed the money. They couldn't afford to have two goalkeepers, one of twenty million, one of forty million, sitting on the bench. And I, I, I do believe that it was easier to sell Martinez than it was to sign Leno. Uh, to, to sell Leno, Leno would have um, been a forty million pound, and plus, like, you know, double his wages. You know what? What Aston Villa could do is, oh, we can spend twenty million and up up uh, Martinez's wages and get somebody like that. So I feel that that was um, the the better. That that's why that deal was done. Listen, you know the third goal comes about because I think that Leno's not positive enough in his calling. Louise gives a bad header. Those things weren't happening when Martinez was there because I think, as, as, as we've all said, Martinez would have come out, claimed that, Louise would have got out of the way and if not, he would have got, he'd have got spanked and, and we go from there. There is a little bit of inconsistencies on, on things like that from Leno, but I, I, I do agree Listen, it's done now. We can't go back on it. We can't turn around and say, do you know what? We've we've made a boo-boo here, Aston Villa. We're going to bring him back. We've got to back him now. The, the decision's done. I do think Leno will get better as the weeks go on and get, you know, because they, I remember at Spurs, he made one, couple of wonder saves that kept us in the, Double in the game. Double save. Double save. Unbelievable. Yeah. So we're not, we're not questioning him as a goalkeeper, but what? What, what I know, and I certainly wasn't questioning him. And we know people turn around and say, "Oh, yeah, but he was our second player of the year um, last season and all that." But what what has happened is that Martinez has come in and highlighted the weaknesses that Leno's got, and that, that's that's the fact because you know we've seen that. But what Leno's got to do is is work through them and make sure that these these mistakes don't happen. The te- the, the defense does look a little bit more jittery. Um, when he's in the side than the Martinez. You can't deny that. And I, I don't think you can deny that. But I don't I don't agree with what's going on at the moment. You know, the first goal, I, I, I looked on Twitter at half time and it, the, 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 the people were going mad. Oh, he should have saved that. He should have made made more of it and all that. When the actual goal went in, I ever, never even thought it was Leno's Same. fault. When looking back on it, when looking back on it, I think, well, yeah, maybe he could have. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. People are nitpicking to find find a fault because I didn't really see a fault there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he made a couple of bad, bad kicks, what Harry said, and then the Nats cop one and all that, like, you know. But at the end of the day, it didn't result, it didn't result in a goal, did it? It didn't result in a goal. So, so I do think that people are nitpicking. Look. He's our goalkeeper. We can't go back. We've got to get behind him and support him. And let's just hope, you know, that he becomes good. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Harry, let's come to you. We're going to move on to our right-hand side. I actually personally thought our left-hand side yesterday in the first half particularly had some problems. I didn't think that Maitland-Niles and Tierney were working too well and Aubameyang was invisible. But we've got a super chat here. Thanks for your kind donation. Guys, you see a trouble on our right-hand side of defence. And Bellerin, I thought last night, was pretty poor. Not only was he poor in his positioning and his lack of understanding of how to work with holding. But the guy took two foul throw-ins. I mean, that is poor for a professional footballer, in my opinion. We saw Pepe take two horrendously bad corners when he came on. Uh, our right-hand side, I agree with Lee. I personally thought Willian was was invisible, as was Aubameyang, until the 93rd minute when we finally got him in over, with a ball over the top. But our right-hand side, left-hand side to me, you've got Tierney, you've got Maitland-Niles, you've got Sapi, you've got Martinelli, you've got Aubameyang. It's looking good. But right... I think we're quite weak, Harry, personally. 
Yeah, it's no, it's not anything new. I think the, um, I think the right side has always been a bit of a weaker side. I feel like uh, Mikel Arteta identified that when he first came into the club, and you can tell that by the way he focuses so much of our play down the left. I know people will say it's because of Bamiyang's out there, but it, you know it's clear that Arsenal prefer to go down the left-hand side when they're attacking and you feel normally more comfortable when they're defending on that side as well. Just touching on last night where you said that the left side looked, you know, Maitland-Niles and Tierney didn't work as well together. They didn't. Um, but that comes back to that point I made earlier about Naby Keita going and joining in out there. Um, Alexander-Arnold getting forward, Salah drifting infield. It was a really difficult thing to deal with. Um, and that's why they, I feel they probably looked a little bit worse than normal. But the right side is a strange one because there are games lately where I look at Hector Bellerin and I think you're starting to look like the old Hector Bellerin again. And you think, yeah, you know what? He's picked up the ball. He's carried the ball forward. He's defended pretty well. Um, and then you see moments where he just looks completely off the boil again. And stupid things like foul throws. I mean, you've done it once. You're a Muppet for doing it once. We're talking about Premier League level, not Sunday League. And then you do it again. It, 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 you know, and then Willian, anonymous completely, you're right. Pepe comes on. I didn't think Pepe was, was very good. The corners were a shambles. I like to think that maybe there was some plan in place to hit the near post area because we've been hearing a lot about this new set piece coach and, you know, maybe there was a bit of a strategy there. I, I like to think, but if not, then they're, they're inexcusable. <laughs> Every player that comes to Arsenal and pulls on that shirt loses the ability to beat the first man on a corner instantly. It's a curse. I don't know what it is. Mm. Interesting on the right-hand side, though, Mark, isn't it? Because Bellerin has been kind of linked with a little rumour that he may go. It looks at the moment that he's going to be staying. For mm. me, I've said it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Pepe needs to be playing more centrally, in my opinion. It does not work from on that right-hand side. I don't think he works with Bellerin well at all. And I don't actually think that he's a winger because it's so predictable him coming in on that left foot. And I thought he was terrible when he came on. He was just not really bothered, if I'm honest with you. I mean, that may be an attitude thing, but... In terms of his quality, I think we need to find a system to get him playing more centrally because I think there's bags of talent with this kid. I just think he needs to be let loose. But this right-hand side looks quite kind of lopsided as far as I'm concerned when everybody's fit. I just wonder if the best right-hand side is Maitland-Niles and Willian as opposed to Bellerin and Pepe, Mark. What's your what's your thinking of that? Yeah, I'd go with that all day long. It's no, I make no secret of the fact I think Bellerin's done. He's not going to get any better now. We've had his best years. If we can cash, cash in, I absolutely would love to see that asset sold um, rather than an uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. You know, that, 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 that would make more financial sense to me. But the problem is with this pandemic is that no... The Premier League are going to end up about six or seven hundred million pounds down um, this calendar year, and the rest of the football world deficit uh, Liga, um, you know, the, uh, the Bundesliga. Those clubs are not spending money; they're just not spending money. And um, Paris Saint-Germain have tightened up. You know, no one's going anywhere for big dough anyway. So his options are very, very limited now if we're going to sell players. You know, so yes, flick, flick, flicking uh, Willian over to that right-hand side. 
talking about Pepe, and you say that he came and didn't look bothered, I think it's just, can you imagine how hard it must be for a substitute to come in on that game yesterday? Like, I was worn out watching the bloody thing. Like, can you imagine what it would be like to come on and try and get into that pace to try? How do you warm up to come on to that? Do you know what I mean? Liverpool are like racehorses, aren't they? And and we do well to keep with them and, and, and to come on cold and try and slip into a system whereby you're pressing and you you know what I mean? And uh, it must be incredibly hard. Now, I'm not making excuses because Sabayas come on and, and, and really turned the game on her head, got, got hold of it by the ball by the horns. Fresh legs, that's what you expect. Um, I think the lad has just lost the confidence and, and we've got to do something with him, haven't we? We've got to put an arm around him because the football club have invested a huge amount of money. I'm not entirely sure that he was the football club's first choice. We've ended up mm. with a lad that we're going to pay £72 million for because of the structured deal. If we could have, if we could have got a structured deal for Wilf Zaha last year, we would have 100% signed a proven Premier League player, wouldn't we? But... Palace were not having it last year. How 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 annoying that we bought Pepe last year and not this, because this year we could have so definitely got a structured deal with Crystal Palace for Wilf. You know what I mean? So, but we are where we are. We can't turn back time. I'd be interested to ask the judge. He says we can't we can't change what's what's been done. You know, Martinez has gone now. What if you could bring one football player back to the football club? Who would it be, Lee? That, that's what that's what I would want to know. If you could turn back time and say, "Don't sell that lad, keep him." Who would it be? I'm interested. Well, that's a tough question, I you know. So, um, I, I think probably Cesc Fabregas would probably be the one that I, I think we are over the sort of most modern time regretted us selling. I think yeah. that um, it didn't work out for him. Uh, 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 um, Barcelona I don't think I didn't really want him did they but at the time and I, I just felt that he was so key to, to to what we was doing as a football club at, at that moment in time it was all about him and and he was a superb player for us as well you know I think one of the best and uh, I don't think we've ever quite got over that if I'll be honest people are saying Ox um, Serge Gnabry he could go on you know but uh, I, you know uh, I totally agree with what Mark's saying there, you, you know, about things. It's a difficult one with the goalkeeper. I just think that it's such a, a role, isn't it? You know, that it's it's a, it's it's a pivotal position. And I think at the end of it, you know, I look at their goalkeeper yesterday, didn't do a lot, did he? But when he what he had to do, he saved, you know. We, we ain't picking the bones out of what he's had to do. So I, I think that... Um, you know, Pepe for me, I, I, I just think that um, I, I think that Zaha was definitely the first choice. I, I really do, and, and hopefully we can um, we can get him in this transfer window. I'm still optimistic because I still feel that we need somebody like that. But but I'm, I'm listen, Pepe's still young. I I, I I think that there's still something in the play. I watch him. And I think that's why I'm frustrated about him because I, I see things and I just think, you know, I expect a little bit more because I do think he is a good player. And by the way, he had a great game in the FA Cup final and, and, and games like that. And maybe his just nose has been put out of joint a little bit because 
you know, he had played really well in those games, and then all of a sudden, Willian comes into the to the frame and sort of took his place. So, you know, the egos and whatever. So, uh, I don't quite understand why we got Willian. To, is that to replace Pepe? I don't, I, I don't get that. You know, um, so uh, uh, you, you know, will eventually Abamian go in the centre to to allow maybe Willian and. And, and Pepe on the flank. So I think that may be a way to go, you know. But Lacazette scored three goals in three games. So it's a, well, it's I like that, Loli. You know, we've got the options there now. We can switch yeah. around. We've still got, yeah. you know, Saka. We've still got Martinelli to come back. Aubameyang, Lacazette, William, Pepe. We've still got, you know, some of the youngsters to come through it. And I think that's not really the kind of position that we need to be looking. But I go back to your point, Lee, about the Martinez thing. What frustrates us, I think, is that we weren't in a position in terms of ambition to say we can compete at the very top and have two fantastic goalkeepers. And then we've settled. And it, well, that is, I think, what's annoyed fans is that we couldn't keep hold of both of them. So I totally get where you're coming from there. But let's... Go on, go on, Harry, go on. Go I was Harry. just going to say, that the thing with that is it's easy to say that the club, you know, they, they couldn't keep hold of both of them. But at the end of the day, if Martinez wants to be a number one, if he Absolutely. wants to play every week, what, what more can you do? If you can't guarantee him the playing time, uh, you know, maybe be playing in the Europa League and the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup just isn't enough for him. So. And if they reinvest the money, that, that's the key, isn't it? And that's what Lee, yeah. that's what all of us as fans are saying, you know what I mean? They've, they've, they've cashed in on an asset, which last year we'd have got £3 million for. Lee's said it before. We've got 16 to £20 million for a lad who, you know, was thin. So... Um, <laughs> it's been on me. I've eaten all my chocolate, lad. I've eaten it's all gone. And uh, but, you know, so we've got 16 million pounds. We want it invested. We want it invested. We want this lad, exactly. Leon, Leon, exactly. and we want party and we want Zaha. And who else is available? <laughs> Grealish. We want invested. We want investment. We Deli do. Ali. We want Deli Ali as well. Oh God, no, I don't want him. We're getting on about the Grealish one. You know, what I mean, there was eighty odd million, but this this Award deal looks like that's going up and up and up now, isn't it? So you know, uh, we're, isn't going to go to that. Isn't going to go to eighty like they want though. Leon, uh, fifty-five million is a lot of money for a, a player that you know. We'll have, we, get, we'll have to get Jorginho from Chelsea instead. Listen, no, Leon's no. chairman. Leon's chairman talks a lot. He's notorious yeah, he for it. He every transfer, he, he comes out in the press. He tweets about it as well because he, he wants to have the limelight. And he says, "We're definitely not selling him. We're definitely not selling this guy. We're definitely not selling that guy." And then the deal gets done. Happened with Lacazette. Happened with Ndombele when Spurs signed him. Ignore everything that geezer says. They will accept between forty and fifty mil, I think, and that deal will get done. It will get done. We'll get, I've been saying it for ages. Hossam will get done. He is an Arsenal player. Be excited. He's a great Fer footballer. Fergus is hammering you, Lee. He reckons you're, you're cold there, but I thought it was just like you didn't get attacked by any spiders, was it, Fergus? Is that why Lee's got that <laughs> no, cold? Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. It's just a bit so, of fashion, isn't it? It's a bit of fashion. Fact, oh, it is a very nice tracksuit. It's a very nice tracksuit. Uh, let's end it by some positives. We are going to talk about a wine party and some other transfer deals, but uh, positives are Mikel Arteta. I know Harry tactically anyway. thought he may have got it wrong, um, but I think if we were to get the right players in, we have got the right man, Harry. So we should be excited, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should be. We should be because he's demonstrated that he can make the team a lot more competitive. Um, without having the, the, the good players there and the players that he needs. So, 
if that's what he can do without them, then uh, I hope to think that when he does get the tools in, that will be a lot, a lot stronger. Absolutely. Uh, Lee Judges, with the right signings, we need to back this guy because we could get our Arsenal back if Arteta is backed. Am I right? 100%. 100%. Listen, we went with a team last last night that got eighth in the league last season and run Liverpool uh, to the 80 or, 80 or 86 minute before they, they, they turned us over. This is a manager or a coach that's, that's doing it with players that are not good enough, but he's still getting a tune out of them. You imagine if if we would have gone up to Liverpool yesterday with OR in the side and, and Partey in the squad. You know what I mean? I would have been a lot more happy with that, like, you know. So, for me, I'm, I'm going to still back the manager. I'm, I'm, I am getting frustrated by looking at the transfer window. I see Leicester has gone and spent £40, £50 million on a teenager today. You know, uh, an Arsenal, uh, you, you know... This, you know, like, but they've had one year in the Champions League, so I suppose that, that that's that's the key to that, is it? <laughs> you know, so um, uh, like, so I'm getting frustrated, but I do think that uh, I I think that this is how I see it. I think with the OR deal, I think they're trying to get that in instalments, trying to get it a little bit there so they can chuck all the cash at the party one. So that's what I think. So let's get excited. Mm-hmm. Let's get excited. I'm going to go back on one comment and then I'm going to end with one question. This. Is one of the funniest clips you'll ever see on a podcast. Please go and watch <laughs> Guns and Yellow Ribbons' latest podcast. Mr. Fergus Keaton himself getting attacked by a drone-sized hornet live Ooh, on air. I don't, I don't think he was really Actually, it was, attacked, was it? it was a fly. It was a fly. <laughs> I kept widening up saying it was a fly. But it is absolute genius and, and classic comedy. And, of course, a very good podcast. But it was absolute genius and comedy genius. So please go and watch that. Uh, last of all, we're going to finish with this question. Uh, let's come to you first, Mark, before we wrap up. Do you think we can get both Thomas Party and Hossamawa? We need something to go out. We need we need some outgoings, so it's going to be a busy few days. But yes, because they both want to come play for us. That's what all the signals are saying. So it hugely depends on Torreira, and 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 I think that that is inevitable that he will go. But it's whether or not we get money. Um, so it's it's all about outgoings. We could and, and our squad is too big, man. You know what I mean? So. We've got to have some outgoings because our wage bills through the roof. So they can't just be nobody's leaving the club. You know what I mean? We've got to get Torreira's, maybe Bellerin's. We've got to get a few. Reese Nelson potentially will go out on loan with a fee attached to that. You know what I mean? Someone like West Ham might give us a couple of quid to have him on loan or something like that. We've got to get some of these centre-backs fit. You know, if, that's, if someone, Saliba or Mustafi can prove their fitness in the next week or two, we might be able to let Holding go out for a fee on loan, you know. So it's a lot, a lot of work to do this week. And, um, you know, whilst playing games, I certainly wouldn't want to be in Edo's, Edo's shoes this week. But fingers crossed. Yeah. Going to be a very, very busy week. Harry, I know you've got to jump off. Just quickly, do you think Arsenal and Thomas Party are both going to be Arsenal players come the 5th of October? No. Um, I've said it throughout the window. I only expect one of them to come in and I, I still think that's going to be the case. And you think it's going to be a war over Party? Yeah, I think the, the, the noises we're hearing suggest that Arsenal have, have kind of been put off by the... The, the thing Lee made the great point about the instalments. Partey's release clause requires that fee to be met in a one one hit. 
um, the 50 million euros needs to be paid up front for that clause to be applicable. So I think that's why Arsenal have turned away from that. They probably can't go that far. They can go 35, 40 maybe. And um, they're probably thinking that they can persuade Leon to do the rest of the deal in instalments. And he's younger as well, probably feels like a more sensible, longer term investment. OK, and lastly, before we just a quick one, Lee judges, what do we think? No, I'm, I'm totally agree with Harry. I think the party deal is um, not going to happen. I think the reason it's not going to happen is because that's why El Nini's going to stay. I think that they're going to put all their eggs in one basket, go for Awa and um, look to um, to keep El Nini as a replacement for uh, Partey. And I do believe that, I agree with what Mark's saying, we need to make these changes. I don't think we're going to get these players out all on this window, but we've got three months to the next window. So I think that maybe then we could address, maybe go back for the party one if we're, we're if we're in a stronger position and we can get a few players out. But I, I think that, um, I, I do think there'll be two players coming to the Arsenal though. I think that, uh, watch out for a little deadline deal of, um, of Zaha. Do you know what? I'd love to see Owar play and Zaha. I'd absolutely love it, but I'm not so sure we'll get, we'll it's get gonna uh, be, them all. But. It's going to be Awar and Solomon Kalu. <laughs> Maybe well, Salomon Kalu or it could be Yan and Via Yan and Via are in the middle with instead of party. Benzema's on the Benzema's at the airport. Oh <laughs> mate, it'll all come back in. Boys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Harry, I know you've got to shoot off. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, where are you off to now, and how can people watch you now? Yeah, heading over to my channel, The Chronicles of Aguna now, um, joined by Adrian Clark, who's who's joined us, I think this is the third or fourth time now. So um, delighted to have him back on. And we'll be talking about the Liverpool game, some of the transfer stuff. And, and there's a few questions from the listeners for Adrian as well. So come find us on YouTube. We'll be live in about five minutes. Brilliant stuff. Go head over to Chronicles of Aguna. Thank you to everyone in the live chat. Thank you very much, yeah, yeah. the judges and Mark as well. Boys, it's been a no pleasure. Problem. Please... Please come and join myself and Graham on Friday night. We're going to be previewing the Sheffield United game and talking a little bit about uh, Liverpool. And, of course, hopefully, uh, if we get through in the Cup against Liverpool on Thursday as well. So please come and join us over there on Friday evening for the same old Arsenal team talk. Until then, we will see you next time. Up the Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network.